Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Now look at my front butt. Magneto's right. There's a war coming. You sure you're on the right side? Thank you, Twiggy. Hello, everybody, and I've got some good news. Because of the state of the epidemic going around in the world today, Cthulhu is canceled his coming back this year because he's pissed off that he didn't have no work to do. <laughs> yeah, our Lord Cthulhu is, is taking a longer rest. He's like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, fuck this. I'm going to wait and I'm going to do some shit. But, yeah, Fred wants to say something before we start the show. Yeah, I really uh, just want to take a moment to dedicate this show to... Gordon, rest in peace, sir. You just, you know, it was like he started off. Stuart Gordon, when he gave us Dagon, Reanimator, and even from beyond, it got the whole, you know, I mean, Lovecraft had been interpreted in films before, but he really got the name Lovecraft out there in cinema. So I dedicate this show to you, sir. Yeah, him. To go into a little prequel, in 1988-89, there was this little film coming out, this sci-fi dystopian film that we had seen word in Fangoria and the horror press, and just the word was out. You need to see this movie when it comes out, this hardware movie, man. You need to see it. <laughs> and we yeah. finally got it, and our minds exploded. And that's how we first ran into the great Richard Stanley. Yes. Yeah, he was, he, was, he was more than just a filmmaker. He was an artist, and he proved it with hardware, <clears throat> which is actually one of my favorite of his films. So you were going to say something about uh, the other one? Hello? <clears throat> Hello? Uh-oh. I'm back. Fred? 
Chris Fred got bumped too. He'll be back in a second. He'll come back. There he is. Disconnected. Sorry, people. Where were we? Yeah, we both got disconnected. <laughs> Fred. Yeah, the world's crumbling. Sorry, people. The world's crumbling. I'm sick. No, I don't have coronavirus. I think it's just allergies, but the world's crumbling, so enjoy it. <laughs> you realize that hardware was censored in a weird way when it came out? Oh, what did they cut out? I don't remember because I had the uncut version, so. What happened was is when it went in to the guys who were editing it, they saw that the orange tint of the movie was a screw-up. So they fixed Stanley's film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I I never knew that. I got to pull out my copy because I have the um, DVD two-disc version. I got to pull that out and rewatch it. Yeah, the DVD has the orange tin added back in. Yeah. (laughs) That rough that whole rough orange color, and that's really when you could tell he's an artist. By you, and he created a dystopian world that's so miserable that marijuana is legal not because fight the man. It's just that's the best way to keep the masses under control. Yeah, no, it's it's opioids. It's it's to keep everyone calm. Here you go. Here here's weed, so you don't fucking freak out. Shut up. Sort of what alcohol does now to everyone. It's like, yeah, your life's miserable. Here, have a fucking cheap-ass bottle of Viper. <laughs> and then he came out with three years later with uh, Dust Devil, which was another film that was basically butchered to death. It went from uh, 105 minutes to 78 to 80, yeah, no, 81 minutes. So be glad you didn't see it back then Because can you imagine how Incomprehensible a mess It was at 81 minutes From 101 Yeah (laughs) That's about 20 minutes missing Damn that's like Dawn of the Dead you know It's like so much was missing out of it That they threw back in Well, no, Dawn of the Dead was perfect in its two-hour cut. That's just added beats that Romero <coughs> had. Yeah, but you know, I love the long. Anything if you could add, if you could make Dawn of the Dead like eight hours long, I will sit there and watch it. That's how much I love that film. So, <laughs> but yeah, Dust Devil. Now you were telling me that that's actually kind of a prequel to Hardware. So you want to elaborate yeah. on that one? Well, if you notice that the the spoilers, spoilers, at the end of Dust Devil, it shows the girl in the Dust Devil form standing on a road and and there's military trucks coming in. Remember? Barely. Like I said, I, like I was more of a hardware vehicles, Weird tank-like yeah. vehicles. That's the beginning yeah. of hardware. That's right, yeah. And that's where the uh, robot, yeah, the whatever that robot thing is, yeah. The war started. <clears throat> well, if you listen closely, the robot thing is the Ed Tuo, it's the, well, 
Mark 13 Population Control Act. Yeah. <laughs> Always love that. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, he sorry was... Sorry if I'm sounding a little under the weather. <laughs> yeah. And then he did uh, Dust... Then he did... Well, he started Island Dr. Moreau, and that movie's such a car crash that it has its own movie about how much of a car crash it was. Lost Souls, yes, the documentary on uh, the disaster that was the Island of Dr. Moreau, which I don't care what anyone says. I still love that movie, mostly for the effects, because so, I'm a big effects geek, and the effects in that were top-notch to me. And besides a few short films and a little bit in the theater bazaar, Stanley disappeared off the map. Well, no, he did the documentary. That was a follow-up to his Grail documentary. Right now, I think he lives in France in a castle that supposedly, in a village where the castle that supposedly the Holy Grail is stored in. But that's Richard Stanley mm. for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't made and, a film for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, until they kidnapped him. Yeah. <laughs> and they I'm literally being literal, kidnapped they him. did. <laughs> yeah, the group went up there, said, come on, we're making this movie, because they read a treatment he did for, da-da-da, Color Out of Space. The yeah, HP Lovecraft, it was uh, right after the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> Yeah. They were looking to make their uh, horror film. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and they um they it came across one of them because they wanted to do Lovecraft, but they were trying to decide which Lovecraft story to make. And then someone said, "Hey, Richard Stanley did a treatment of Color Out of Space, which is Lovecraft's first science fiction story." That's the and science fiction wasn't even a term back when he wrote this in 1927. It was just called fantasy or weird tales. They didn't have a real yeah, name. They the didn't call it science fiction. published in Weird Tales. Yep. You know, Imagine and, um, it also appeared... a magazine, man, and you got to read Conan the Barbarian, Ray Bradbury, yeah. uh, H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft, Isaac Asimov. Yeah. Yeah, it was also in Amazing Stories issue number t- uh, six. So, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool that um, Lovecraft was getting paid nickels to publish these stories in these little trash magazines because there wasn't really a genre for them yet. They didn't know what to call those stories. And Lovecraft brilliantly melded horror with science. And th- so there wasn't anything called science fiction back then. Which is the brilliance of Lovecraft, the fact that he read up on, like, science, you know, like science magazines to keep up to date what was going on. Which, if you're watching on Red Color Out of Space, I remember I lent a cop, uh, the book to a friend of mine, Mitch, who is um, a scientist in his own right. Like, that, he went to school, studied chemistry, biology, he's a scientist. And he never read Lovecraft, and I showed him Color Out of Space first, and he goes, wow, that is the greatest story I've ever read on radiation poisoning. So Lovecraft, before there was such a thing as knowledge of radiation poisoning, Lovecraft kind of knew 
like if something from space came down can contain something that would basically rot you, that would destroy your cells. And that is the brilliance of Lovecraft with his keeping up with science. They didn't know about radiation poisoning at the time that I'm aware of, but Lovecraft wrote it in a fantasy story. So he broke the ground again. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and it's always been hard because Lovecraft's been descriptive without being descriptive. This is the most horrible thing I have ever seen in my life. I don't want to see this. Don't make me want to look at it. I can't describe it. He always told of things and events that would drive you mad if you watched it. Yeah, that was the that's the big problem with um translating Lovecraft into a film is the fact that he's very descriptive without telling you what the fuck he's describing. In other words, you you create what it is. You know, <laughs> the gibbous moon hovers over the darkened town, you know, it's like Okay, so you got to come up with it in your mind what he's kind of describing because it's all adjectives. You read his stories, like 90% of the words he's using is just descriptive adjectives and phrases. And then you're like, I don't know what's going on, but it sounds really fucking scary. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. When I get it back there, my stupid... Blu-ray player timed out. Uh, yeah, I had to keep hit mine because it keeps. I, I'm uh, right now. My screen is the cityscape that um that is in the beginning of the Blu-ray. Yeah. I'm paused on that till you get set up. But yeah, I mean, when this came out, I don't know wh- who was more well us Richard Stanley fans. It was like, finally, after 20 years, we get a new Richard Stanley film. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was my thought. I was like, all right, Lovecraft. Oh, Richard Stanley doing it. Oh, shit. Oh, don't fuck it up, dude. <laughs> I love uh, Dr. Moreau, but God damn it, you're hated because of that movie. <laughs> uh, and I knew it was going to get a limited release, which I couldn't get into the theaters to see it. So that that broke my heart because I would have loved to have seen this on a big screen. I'm I sure it was amazing. Ugh. See, it's only it, it was, was only playing in New York near me. Pacer, Queen, Peter Blatty's the ninth configuration, and if you know me, you know where my heart went. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Here, here's a fun little fact. So Richard Stanley finished the final wrap of this film, March 7, 2019. H.P. Uh, Lovecraft finished writing this story March 1927. I wonder if Richard Stanley kind of knew that, you know, and did it try to end well, it within love. March. Because <laughs> he's, he's like a big, obsessed H.P. Okay. Lovecraft fan. And I'll tell you when I get it, Paul. You're there. Okay. Thank you guys for listening to this. Okay, Ace Pictures. That's where I am. Ace Pictures. Oh, let me get on Ace Pictures. Nine seconds. Mm, Ace Pictures. There we go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, we're going to start in five, 
four, three, two, one. First question in this picture while we're seeing the 20 million logos. How the fuck did someone go from Frodo Baggins into making some of the most bizarre, badass <laughs> films of this decade? Oh, um, what was it, Maniac, uh, um, Horns? Maniac, uh, uh, The Greasy Strangler, Come to Daddy. Was he responsible? Was he responsible for Mandy, too? Yeah, he was a producer. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I knew he had something to do with Mandy. <laughs> well, look, look, you That's already got the music. Yeah, which is great. I, this is a soundtrack I need to pick up. Are you on the title yet? Color Out of Space? And I love these trees. This is the closest uh, perfect description of the trees in the story. Yeah, you've read the book. You've read the story, right? Yeah. Yeah, talking about how they were unnaturally large and they were moving on their own. Yeah. Well, the opening is the uh, fr- directly from the story, so. Yeah, how do you like that he actually included that? I and actually he actually liked found it a lot. trees though... actually sloped like that. Yeah. No, he, I mean, Richard Stanley went out of his way to get as close as he could to Lovecraft's story, even though there's many, many changes. There is a lot of changes, but he kept it pretty true to Lovecraft. So I was yeah. really happy about that. Because there's been, what, millions, well, not you know, hundreds of different interpretations of Lovecraft stories in the film, but none of them really come that close. The curse, this film die, does. monster, die. Yep. Name a few. I mean, even recently, what did we have? We had um. Oh, there was that a German last film. year with uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah, t- 2018 Annihilation. Then there was um a German film called Die Faber, which was the color, which was their version of the color out of space. And the Lovecraft so, Society yeah. did a version now. Cost you a shitload nowadays. Yeah, there's also a film called uh, Color from the Dark from 2008, and yeah, of course, Die Monster Die, which is extremely loosely based. <laughs> but Richard Stanley, he and he, like I said, it, it take it. You know, I can take, go to whole movie. Take oh, this is different. That is different. This is different. You know, in the in the story, yeah. um, he has three sons, Notice not a daughter. <laughs> I'll point out why you should just notice her hair when they first show her. It's yeah. important. Yeah, I know where you're going with it. Cause look right there, perfectly brown, isn't it? Yep. And that uh, compass. Where have you seen that compass before? The uh, don't know. That's the walking dudes. The dust devils compass. Oh. <laughs> like I said, I haven't seen that movie in forever and only seen yeah. it a couple times. Uh, I really need to go but get you a new copy. You know when they dust showed devil. it her hair's perfectly brown. Yeah. And 
And there's well, one, one of the, the most famous things. and coolest T-shirts ever. <laughs> yeah, Mississippi University. <laughs> yeah, no, he he really worked it in the whole Lovecraftian See, world. Look, there it is. It first, it just now popped in her hair. The 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 purple streak. Yeah. Here's a little personal fact. Gardner, her name, that's my mother's maiden name before she married my father, Gardner. So I am a gardener. <laughs> Just a little fun fact for everyone out there. I am related to this film, <laughs> the family of this film. <clears throat> I like his necklace, too, how it's the little seashell. And there's a the triangle. If you really watch this film, anyone that's watching this film... You got to watch it a few times because there's so much little Lovecraftian things from other stories sprinkled throughout. And now the look how much purple's in her freaking hair. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't see it before. Now it's just like purple. Uh, um, you can tell the moment the can really starts, can you? Yeah. I don't know if anybody else is hearing that, but there's gunshots outside my window. I apologize for that. I don't live in the best of neighborhoods. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. So, anyway. I'm on third floor. I'm safe. So, anyway. Yeah. um, Where were we? <clears throat> so, she's not in the um, original story. Because he had three sons. She's a new addition, yeah. which I actually really like. Because then Richard Lavinia. Stanley was able, yeah, Richard Stanley was able to take a character and infuse what's in so many other Lovecraft stories is witchcraft and mysticism. She brought that element that was not really in the Colorado Space, the original story. The original story is almost pure science fiction. And you know, you know there's that, no that tattoo that she had on her foot wasn't a Wiccan pentagram. What is it, Steve? It was a satanic pentagram because it was pointed downward. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Lavinia was the name of the main evil woman that Richard Price, Vincent Price, was trying to resurrect in the Haunted Palace. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of trivia sprinkled throughout this, even a lot of it that I missed. Because I'm still engulfing myself into this film. Because I yeah. know the story, the original Lovecraft story. I just recently picked up this Blu-ray, and I'm I, ha- I haven't watched it my 900 times that I usually watch a film yet. This is only like my third time seeing it. So if I miss a few things, I apologize now. But it's still one of the best interpretations of Lovecraft. Now, here's a question that most people, when they complained about this movie, did. They said that Nicolas Cage was over the top from the beginning. No. No. No, no. I didn't get that at all. His madness slowly built. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, see, I had to modernize it, throw in some pot. (laughs) She's doing the pot. The the sun is all getting stoned. Yeah, getting her brother in trouble, covering her own butt. Yeah. Now, in the um, 
original story, there was no um, alpacas, so that was another new yeah. twist, which I, th- I didn't mind at all because I love where it goes, which definitely veers away from Lovecraft's story, but definitely is Lovecraftian. So that's what I love about this. A lot of movies try to do Lovecraft and don't do it right. I'm trying to think of like um. There's the uh, oh, Devil's Goggles. Yes, that that I did know. Yeah, the Dust Devil Goggles. Is that the original one? Do you I think? No, but it's you know. Yeah. That's Stanley for you. Even if it's just barely there, the Dust Devil, the Walking Man, is always mm-hmm. there, and he always shows up in times of. Of pestilence and destruction and <laughs> bad times. Yeah. Sort of like he always shows that. up where death <laughs> is going to be happening. Yeah. And I love that triangle. In the hair, yeah. Yeah. That brings me back to triangle the other Lovecraftian story. Uh, what's his name? Who did the magic cycle? Oh, fuck. Oh, damn it. Why are you making me think of trivia? Uh, I wish I didn't do so many, uh, do so much, uh, NyQuil. Um. Here, I'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Kern. Not Dexter Ward. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Richard Kern. Well, well, I was going to bring up, like, the difference between a Lovecraft movie and a Lovecraftian movie. So this is Lovecraft yeah. movie... Um, Herbert West Reanimator is a Lovecraft movie, but then you have films that are in the Lovecraftian world without actually being Lovecraft written himself, which is like The Void. That's a definite Lovecraftian film. Um, From Beyond, I don't think was was a f- story by Lovecraft, but definitely very Lovecraftian. So there's a, definitely a difference because you can describe a film as being Lovecraftian without it actually being the base, you know, from a Lovecraft story like Colorado Space or Reanimator. I've always thought of this <laughs> as the reason why she fails as a witch. Yeah. She likes processed foods and not natural things which... If you're a true Wiccan, that's what you want to put in your body. Yeah, she wants, like, fast food. (laughs) I just noticed in the attic, when they show the attic, there's a triangle again. There's a lot of symbolism in this film. Yeah, and did you notice the the corner is a Lovecraft angle? Yeah. Yes, I'm obsessed with them. Once you see one, you get obsessed with it. Yeah. No, that, that's what was great about um, Stanley is. And if you see interviews of Stanley while he's making this, he's just wearing T-shirts and patches, and he's all about Lovecraft. And between him smoking joints. <laughs> and the hat. He always yeah, had the hat. hat. Yeah, the hat. Ooh, alpaca meat. I heard that's tough as crap. Oh, yeah. Well, she brings it up here how it's crap, and... Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't think, um... I think, uh, this is one of my favorite, um, Nicolas Cage roles. 
He's been he's been kicking Howard down the park lately with uh, this and Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he was ever the top at all. And it's a hard role. Like if, when you read the original story, the father of the you know the farm was just very kind of mundane almost. He was just a farmer, a simpleton, you know. So they had to kind of make. The character to make the character interesting, they had to make him more eccentric. You know, like here they got a big wine cellar. Um, he's obsessed with his alpacas, trying to start his alpaca farm. You know, so th- the original story, they really just were just simpletons living on a farm. There's another the one Lovecraft that- angle. Yeah. <laughs> In case you don't know, you listen. Lovecraft angle, in the way he describes it, is an angle that's normal. But if you really look at it, it's not normal. But you really can't say why it's not normal. And I love the normal family. You have to. And also, if you look in Dreams in the Witch House, Lavinia is the name of the witch in there. Yeah. Yeah, so he definitely changed the character, but he kept it very Lovecraftian, you know, which is what I really like, because the original Sons, and once the story gets going in Colorado Space, they they just kind of stare a lot. Like, when you read the story, they're just staring a lot. They're not doing much. The horrors is all in the description of what they're staring at. Yeah. But with this family, they, they, he definitely made them more proactive as far as what's going on, their interaction and everything. In the original, I mean, yeah, the one son's screaming a lot at everything. You know, oh, here he's the first hint of his, what everyone thinks he's going over the top. He's actually imitating his abusive father. So and then he eventually as so he deteriorates. The Nicholas Cage and don't give a fuck mode. That when he does give a fuck, they can't take it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a total method actor. So, <laughs> but he's he's great at his craft. You got to give him that. No matter how over the top yeah. he go- gets, he's always entertaining to watch. But yeah, I love that that little hint that he gives you because as he's going on in the story, you're like, oh, why is he doing that? funny voice and it's like oh that's his abusive father because his mind is deteriorating and he's actually reverting to his father the who his father you know abuser is just very base the base emotion a base you know when Stephen King does it it's considered a masterpiece but when Nicholas Cage does it he's being an overacting hack yeah yeah, no, he's not an overacting hack. He's he's giving flavor to the fucking character. It's a Stanley movie. You expect Stanleyism. Yeah. And plus, always oh, love Frank. You line. never get to see the people normal. You always yeah. are introduced to them after the bad thing has after, happened. Yeah. Yeah, we missed that line, um, that Lovecraftian line, 
when you dream alone, you're just it's just a dream. But when you dream together, you know the line. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, folks. I'm all doped up on uh, cold medicine right now. Yeah. I'm trying my best here. I'm trying to be entertaining. Hey. Here we go. More. Is there any reference to another movie right there? Well, which one? I'm missing it. No flesh be spared shall be spared. Oh, um. Ah, shit. Hardware. Uh, Yes. (laughs) That's the tagline from Hardware. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I was focused on on the transition from her mysticism to his computer science of the astro- of uh, space. And it's like, that's so Lovecraftian. It's like, here's the mysticism and here's the science, you know, which Lovecraft was a master at doing is melding the two together. Sorry, I, I, was, I wasn't paying attention to his wall. I was paying attention to, uh, to her book, her mysticism and the computer showing his, uh, well, the outline devils and the details, and I'm always looking for the devils. And there's a very Lovecraftian monster right there. Yeah, the night god. <laughs> right above his bed, the night god. Like I said, anybody that's watching this film, there's you're going to have to watch it more than once because there's so many little details that even I'm missing left and right. And how hard and you that had to be a bit to try to pick a color that's normal but not normal. Yeah, so that was the one problem with Color Out of Space that every director avoided wanting to do this story. It's like in the book they describe a color that doesn't exist. And you don't it's just undescribable. So what do you do? Well you can't invent a color out of our spectrum that we can see. So what you got to do is just come up with the craziest blend of colors, which he used purple, hot pinks, the warm colors contrasted with flowing yeah. cold colors. It's not red. It's not black. It's not blue. It's not orange. It's not purple. It's not pink. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just, it's everything, you know? So he con- and So that was the one thing that I was really worried about until I saw the trailers. And then when and I saw the trailers, I saw what they that, did. What uh, state of hot pink to describe Lovecraft's outer world or other world? What, of the film? Yeah. Uh, from Beyond? Yeah. This yeah, From Beyond, yeah. This is the same shade of purplish pink that... Stuart Gordon, yeah. In Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. Hey, look at that paperback. <laughs> <laughs> Necronomicon, another uh, Lovecraft reference. Babylon horrors. That had to be a band uh, <laughs> he liked. Yeah, see, you, he kind of just made a whole spectrum. He's like, well, we can't we can't film a color that doesn't exist. So what do we yeah. do? Which I like how um later. We'll get to it. It's quick. It's where Nicolas Cage is like, yeah, it was like this, you know, pink. Well, it wasn't actually pink. I don't know what color it was. I don't I don't know what it is, you know. So they had to give us something to see, but they couldn't invent a new color that's not within our spectrum range. So I think this blend of the pinks, blues, hots, and colds, for my artist friends out there, 
Imagine hot and cold colors mixed together, and no, it's not brownie or muddy. <laughs> and that meteor looks alive. Yeah. And there's your stand. There it is, yeah. The close-up, yeah, I love the close-up. And we're already 20 minutes into the movie, which shows how fast-paced this mad boy is. <laughs> I like the subtle little thing where he takes the, uh, he didn't do it yet. He's getting his drink. And then he dips uh-huh. his fingers in the drink to stick it up his nose to get rid of the horrible smell put off by the meteor, which no one else seems to smell except him. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a useful tool. In the age of, um, there he goes with the whiskey up the nose. In the age of cell phones, how do you, how do you cut people off in the age of cell phones? Well, the meteor's putting out an impulse that you can't get cell reception. I guess that's, yeah, that's a modern phenomenon now. It's like it, a lot of movies wouldn't have worked in the past because it's like, oh, shit, we're trapped. Here, let me just pull out my cell phone and call for help. You know, so that's a new device that filmmakers have to tackle now if they're going to set a older story in a modern time is, well, how do we outreach to people? You know? Well, we got to somehow disable the cell phones. And look. It's gone. Well, it's shrunk. It's smaller, which is actually how they described it in the book, like how it was huge. It was like eight feet, seven feet. And then by the next morning, it shrunk down to five feet. They're quickening it up because if you actually read the original story, it takes about a year or two for the whole story to play out. Roger Stanley isn't doing a miniseries, so he had to wrap it up within one summer, you know? And in the original story, I, I do miss that they didn't bring in scientists that chipped away at it. Because that's the one thing that I wish they could have had in this, but they didn't. Is yeah. the scientists taking chunks and doing the experiments at the laboratories to try to figure out what it is. Which is, which is not in this movie, but I kind of see why they didn't do it. Because we have the technology now to, to, to actually analyze shit. But yeah. back when Lovecraft wrote this in 1927... They wouldn't have known radiation. They wouldn't have known looking at it, oh, it's putting off radiation, which is what's making people sick, and mutating the vegetation around us. Oh, there's this Mississippi University shirt. I've got to get one of those. Actually, he wasn't. <laughs> but... What? You know another story written by another author that references this story in this moment right here to be exactly? What's that? Meteor shit. Oh. <laughs> there you go, yeah, creep show. <laughs> the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. A.K.A. Weeds. Yeah. That's funny. I never made that connection before. So yeah, they kind of got that Dexter, right. Isn't it? Or Charles. Yes, which is the narrator. 
Yeah, that's the narrator. If you read the original story, the the scientist in this is Dexter. In the original story, that's the narrator telling the surveyor of the story of what happened of the Greylands, which is what's in the um, original story, the Greylands, which is what happened to their farm. I've got the subtitles on, and they just said his last name, which was Ward. Is there any reference there? Dexter Ward, yeah, another... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Charles, uh, Charles Dexter Ward. Yeah. Yeah, see, in there the original so story, many... the... I'm sorry. This movie is just packed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I like well the subplot of... Oh, yeah, no, this is, this is definitely an all-star cast. Like, as far as, like, the performances... They're all very good. I, I there's no one here that I found to lag. And <clears throat> with the way it did in its small release, if they would have released it wide, it would have done, it would have been the number one movie its first weekend out. Yeah, definitely, because it gives you everything you want. You know, the horror, the the dread, the, the monsters. Like that's the one thing I was really happy about when we get to it is the monsters. Well, that was the biggest problem with Die, Monster, Die, is they didn't have the money or the time to do the monsters yeah. back then. Yeah. <laughs> like Kryptonite. So there's something... So with the story being shortened, what eventually happens is they show scientists chipping at what's the meteor before it disappears, which by the next part of the, the movie, it's gone. They get to a point to it to where they find what's called a globular. And they chip at the globular and it disappears, leaving a hole in the meteor. Richard Stanley handles that very well. Not yet. I'll talk about it when we get there. Uh. So, but there's a globular that there's globulars in the meteor that's in the story. So anyone that's watching this going, hey, where, where's the scene where they chip, you know, where they chip at the meteor and where's the globulars? Because they're very important to the story. <laughs> I do like the alpaca side story, too. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> and he just gives him that very dirty look. You're lost. <laughs> That must taste like shit. <laughs> I love the fact that it's a small detail, but they never really bring it up until the end that the surveyor doesn't eat anything or drink anything out there. Yeah, I always found that to be a very funny side joke, too, because everywhere he goes, you want something to drink? You want something to drink? You want some water? No. No, he keeps telling everyone, no. Because <laughs> he knows there's something wrong part way through it. Ah, here we go. (laughs) The squire. (laughs) One of the best new characters of the story. And he and even Tommy was like when they called was like, Are you sure you want me in this? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go, marching up. 
And this would be how um, an ex-hippie would live in the woods. Cameras surveying everything. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have a small drone flying around the campsite or the cabin. And that is the cool. If I ever become a hermit, that's the cabin I want. The surveyor man. Am I ahead of you or am I right in key with you? <laughs> Not a Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> mm, smoking pot. <laughs> G spot the cat. Yeah. A, a cat, a, a pussy named G spot. <laughs> <laughs> A little dirty joke for everyone out there who likes lowbrow humor. <laughs> now this, I always was like, oh, cool. They're showing the bell. And here's his first key that there's something wrong. Now, if anyone watching this, catch that subtle hint of the colors already in the water. Because that's supposed to be coffee. And... There's little hints of color floating through that cup. Yeah, I love that. Straight from the mother's tits. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little dis- deleted scene right here. When he's talking to the surveyor, he actually brings up the fact that, um, about meteors being, um, Responsible, the bedrock for all religions, which I wish they kind of left it in the film because he talks about how that's how we got all our old gods and they were the creation. He literally went chariots of the gods on us in that scene, which is probably why they cut it out. But he talked about how, huh? Nikon. Yeah. So the lightning is definitely in the story for anyone that's read it where it just kept hitting, hitting the meteor. And it, it actually energized the meteor. So, and then it does, they think the, the, (laughs) but I kind of wish they left that whole scene in where he got chariots of the gods on us and started talking about how the meteors that hit earth were the responsible for all religions on the planet. So here's the only testing that's in the movie. Not on the rock, but on the water sample, showing that there's something wrong. And there's the tops of the trees. Very important. So this is when the movie shifts into gear with uh, what's going on. With the, There's uh, only one question Lovecraft never uh, uh, mentions. What's that? Why do people still live in the Miskatonic area? I'd be getting the <laughs> hell out. Well, okay, so if you read the original story, they talk about how anyone with the means could move out. The people that are left are either too damaged or too poor to go anywhere. 
So they just kind of stayed. And as Lovecraft described in the story, some are even drawn to stay. There's something that keeps them there. Even though everything horrible is happening, it keeps them there. Which is which kind of spans over very many Lovecraft uh, stories. This is one of the first Lovecraft movies actually had the narrator be the true outsider of the story, rather than make them yeah. apart like Dan Kane and Reanimator and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that I thought that and again, Richard Stanley. You know, instead of having it narrated over like the original story is where it's just a narrator telling the tale to someone else years after the event, which is which is funny about the original story is, like, the um, reservoir isn't there yet. It's still the gray, I like that, the color, moving colors, in the, um, just in the branches of the uh, shrubbery. Um, I like how it's, like, it's, when he, t- when Dexter tells, it, well, when he tells his story, to the young man, it's it's before they build the reservoir, and it's still the Greylands, the Deadlands, you know, which is what we're actually heading to when everything. So what Color was uh, real quick? Stupid. So um, what's that book he's reading? The Willow or the Hollow? Uh, the Willows. The Willows. I I didn't catch that reference, and I didn't get time to look I it know. up yet. I know there's a reference there, but there, but. This proves that the color is fucking stupid. Why? Why didn't they take off the fucking parking brake? Yeah. Stupid fucking <laughs> color, just sitting there revving the car like, God damn it, move! <laughs> I think it was more of a reaction of the energies. Okay, there, there's a color reference, the gecko. Yeah, defend the color because it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so it's gone. So they think that the lightning actually dissolved it or broke it up or made it disappear. But if you actually read the story, you know where it actually goes. And it'll eventually lead to it to when... There it is, the first reference of the mutations on the uh, farm, the flowers. And it's the same in the book. The vegetation starts to mutate. And that's what why part... My friend, uh... Stephen King took for weeds. Yeah. Oh, there's the there's a symbol right there on the uh, that's a Eldritch symbol on the um van there, the news van, that tree looking oh, yeah, thing. That's an Eldritch the, uh, symbol. Yeah, Wark, W A R K. Yeah. Yeah, it's an Eldritch symbol from Lovecraftian uh, sources. Oh, this part always cracks me up—the way they made him look like a UFO nut. <laughs> He's an alcoholic. UFO witness. <laughs> this part is great. Oh, and then as funny as it is, it's also as horrifying, which is great. And there's that purple again. Yeah, ugh. Yeah, the eggs are mutated. (laughs) 
If anyone's watching at home and you haven't seen this yet, get ready. Bourbon comes out of Texas. <laughs> Fuck you, Richard. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't like that bourbon connoisseur. Amateur farmer, bourbon connoisseur. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. So now... Okay, what movie is that a reference to? Uh, don't know. Sion Sion Suicide Circle. Or Suicide oh. Club. <laughs> I don't remember, remember that doing one. Remember doing the suicide scene? I had them there where the mother just chops her fingers off while cutting up a radish? Oh, I have not seen that. Damn it. All right. You haven't seen the movie that begins with 32 girls committing suicide by jumping in the front of a train at the same fucking time? <laughs> no, I, I've seen that scene on YouTube, but I haven't watched the movie. I, that's one that's missing out of my collection. Jack Jack (laughs) (laughs) An Incredibles reference Yeah So yeah this is Uh, my friend This is where I Definitely the fingers cutting off is from Suicide Circle Yeah I gotta catch that one This is where I want my science friend to see this Because the radiation poisoning you know, because like he said, that's directly how radiation poisoning works, is your functions don't work anymore. You don't even think straight anymore. So. And that's definitely a Lovecraft corner right there, the one where it's like straight, bizarre angle, straight again. Just... Yeah. Yeah, he describes many of those that in his book, like walls and shit that just don't make sense. Oh, no, he's definitely up on his Lovecraft. This is Stanley, man. Yeah. (laughs) Only Stanley would make this more of a religious ritual movie than most would. Yeah. Because he's obsessed with rituals and ritualism. Remember, he spent most of his childhood traveling across Africa with his mom, who is a cultural anthropologist. Oh, there you go. Then he's the perfect man to make Lovecraft films, because Lovecraft's all about that otherworldly and, you know, foreign influences. For as xenophobic as he was, he did look to many different influences, you know, outside of the European noir. <laughs> So this this kind of confused people, I remember, is like these little subtle hints of things just not happening, right? Like, why are the alpacas out? Why is the sink full all of a sudden when she's doing dishes? Why is he staring? Yeah. What it is is... Naked dick. And it, yeah. Oh, and here's the first hint of what happened to the media, right? He's talking to his friends in the well. 
So anyone that's read the book knows who he's talking to is not the meteorite itself, but there were these living globulars inside the meteor that they didn't show us. They, it's in the story early that they break the rock, the meteor open, they see one and kill one. But the meteor actually sinks into the ground and almost like a teapot. Yep, there she is. She's even more purpley. You know, whenever she's affected in there, that's when her hair starts. Yeah. So here she's getting nauseous, like it's um, like so radiation poisoning. she hears poisoning. the voices in the whale. Yeah, and she's getting nauseous. So yeah, the the it's at, the meteorite's more like a seed pod and had creatures inside of it. I like that how they're actually using his angry dad voice on the cell phone. Little subtle hint. And he's drawing the globular. A better movie that I would put, you said earlier, between the Lovecraft and a Lovecraftian film? Uh-huh. X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Really? You throw that in with Lovecraft? Yeah, don't you remember at the very end when he starts seeing a lot, he starts seeing little creatures out of the corner of his eyes? Oh, that's right. Shit. Yeah. That's right. Oh, there's the there's the landscape changing. There's the flowers wow. coming out, the landscape. They're affecting everything. Hey. Yeah, they took refuge in, <laughs> They took refuge under the well. Not even just in the water, but under the well, which is horrifying. Under the well water. Which is why drinking it is making there everyone it is. sick. Yeah. The spores. I want one of those crickets. <laughs> Little pre mantis coming out, all mutated. Yeah, Funko Pop, like make it, goddammit. Make it beautiful, too. Yeah, it's almost like a Godzilla film, if you think about it. Almost like radiation is mutating these animals. Yeah, the multi-eyes. And there's the tendrils coming out of the mouth. Gotta have, if you have Lovecraft story, you got to have tendrils. And, of course, the stinger. Yeah. There's only one big difference is that uh, Lovecraft wouldn't have made the Surveyor a black man. But let's not get into that. (laughs) Well, I mean, my argument against that uh, for that is, um, yeah, he was very xenophobic and racist. But then when he married a Jewish woman and moved to New York for a while and talked to his intellectual peers, his racism, he dwindled greatly. You know, he did learn. He became more, because he was such a shut-in. Like, he spent his entire childhood locked in an attic reading books at his, like, uncle's house. 
that's how he spent his entire childhood. He couldn't even go to school. He was so such a nervous, anxious person. He had to drop out of school. You know, and, and they even say in um stories that when he would walk through the town he would wear a rain slicker with the hat with the collars pulled up blocking his vision so oh, his no one could was look at him. Weird, Jeremy Pope. Yeah. And look at the yeah. wallpaper, it looks like blood splatter everywhere. Yeah, it does. And she's doing the dishes and then all of a sudden it gets weird. So what's happening is they start staring and they lose time. Which in the book it sounds kind of boring. It's like how do you how do you make time pass? And here they actually show like when when its energy fluctuates out of the well, they lose track of time. They don't know what's going on, which I think was a brilliant way for Stanley to handle the. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is brilliant how Stanley handled that. Like you could have had like any other lesser filmmaker. Would have had them standing there staring with like a time clock in the back ticking away, showing time passing. Stanley made it to where it was a flash of color. Then all of a sudden the sink, sink is overflowing. And that, she kind of wakes up with blood on her face. You were going to say? That dialogue scene that shared on the phone was from later in the movie. Yeah, where he's going off on her. And here's the radiation sickness again, making her throw up. Of course, they never say radiation sickness in the um, book because they didn't know what radiation sickness was, which is great, you know, that Lovecraft had enough intelligence to know that it did something. <laughs> yeah, see, she's zoning in and out. Yeah, but then you're do it, science guy. <laughs> That'll do it, science guy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the story because I haven't read it in a while. Oh, I should have read it before I watched this. But I, I don't remember the interaction. I know the boys uh, end up in the well. Both boys, which the movie differs very much. But in the story, the two of the sons end up in the well, and I forgot what happened to the other one. I think the other one disappeared or some shit. God, I gotta read it again. So, any Lovecraft fans out there hating on me right now? I'm sorry. <laughs> Most Lovecraft fans will probably hate this movie anyway because it's not 330 percent authentic to the story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they put a girl in the role. Who's this geezer in the woods smoking pot? You know. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Why is there a black guy? Where's the narrator? <laughs> Yeah, no, but like I said, Stanley was brilliant in that he made this probably even more Lovecraftian than Lovecraft made in his story. <laughs> I never noticed that before, the the, uh, the elevator uh, panel on his door. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Kneeling on a rabbit skin or some shit. <laughs> He's got the symbols. G-spot. The quiet part of the movie where where he's listening for the voices. See, this is something that's added that wasn't in the original story, but I really like this, that he's hearing them. He's hearing the creatures. And he talks about how there are aliens that came on that meteorite. Memorex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see... That's how he hinted to it. In Lovecraft's story, they kind of just like, oh, showed him right in the beginning. When was the last time you read the story? Long time ago. Yeah. Back when the Arkham House books, the Arkham House paperbacks are first coming out. Oh, okay. I had my Alan Moore introduction uh, atoned copy. It's it's the size of a gigantic Bible. (laughs) Yeah, those things, if they're original Arkham houses, can get you a pretty penny nowadays. Yeah. I love that. I think you'll see her, but you won't recognize her. Yeah, it's kind of a chilling, foreboding uh, thing to come. You know, it's like, oh, what happened to G-Spot? That you're not going to recognize her. Which, if you read the story, everything's mutating. How did it start in a book? I think the first thing mutated was the cabbage, the spring cabbage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Well, first they saw, yeah, cabbages, and um, they they noticed uh, funny footprints in the snow. Because, like I said, it takes span of a year or two. There it is. <laughs> yeah, it's mutated. What was that? Did you see its eyes? <laughs> yeah, see, he's still staring at the well. That there, that is in the book. There, there's a lot of staring going on. Okay, so this is the first hint of it sending its energy out of the well. 
And the dog, of course, freaking out. It's in the story. Sorry, what was that? Looks like a little worm crawling on his nose. Yeah, it was something like that. I, I never I never got what that was. Like I said, it's my third time seeing it and I like I said, I haven't really been able to break this movie down fully yet. Like I've done others. There's just so much going on here. I know, uh, I should be talking, but I'm, like, so busy paying attention to it. <laughs> I said, this movie definitely pulls you in. There's the sickness again. Because every time, it, it now it's getting the energy. See, what's happening is... What was that? Perfect breathing. Yeah. Yes, that's the one thing the book had was they kept see, hearing and seeing things running in the woods, but they couldn't describe. Them. Of course, with Lovecraft, you you, you never really fully described the, what they were seeing. You just knew that was horrible. <laughs> see, it's even got the same font as the hardware. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrifying that it's like it's an energy form, but it's conscious at the same time. The one thing this movie does way different. He's like, as they say in the Bible, bearing witness. Yeah. I think this point of the book, of the story, everything starts to already die and decay. Because they couldn't hold on to the... Um, they, in other words, uh, I don't want to give it away. Well, if you're, if you're watching it with us, you probably saw it already, but it's feeding. It's feeding on the organic life of the earth. Which is what's going on, which is why everybody's losing their functions, why everybody's mind is deteriorating. It's actually feeding, and the more it feeds, the stronger the impulses get. Oh, here he is, doing his dad. Yeah, motherfucker, alpacas. <laughs> I like his funny little walk down the trail. <laughs> now, she's the smartest character here. When she starts it, we need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> like I said, it's really hard to interpret Lovecraft, like when he describes mental breakdown. So here's the first reference of they, not it or. <laughs> See, now he's going full cage and it's. Yeah. 57 minutes in and he's just now going full cage. Yeah. Yeah, he's been, he's been like keeping it. His tone down now he's like what everyone expects Nicolas Cage to do in a Nicolas Cage film more of those there's more of the uh Lovecraft angles that you're talking about. Yeah. Except this time he shot it to look that way. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. So we were talking about the globulars before that were inside the meteorite. Mm. Which they didn't sh- in the story they 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 kill one in the meteorite. Oh, there's the radiation burns that he's starting to form. So they talk about they in the book they talk about early they kill one with the pick, but they thought that they just shattered a, a crystal. I like right here they actually show him pick one of them up alive. It's in his fucking shower, just chilling. That those are what's at the bottom of the well. Those are the aliens. That are described in the Lovecraft story. One of them was in his shower. A a whole thing clogging up the drain? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that little tentacly jellyfish looking thing is what's described in Lovecraft's book. And those are what's at the bottom of the well that are causing everything, and they're sending out the energy that's actually feeding. It's where his insides are burnt. Yeah. Yeah, he's turned into his dad, and he's smelling the hospital his dad died at, the cancer ward. Well, actually, no, he's smelling where his own sides are, own, own insides are, burnt, diseased, and infected. He's smelling his own sickness, man. 
Well, he was des- he was describing though how it was the same thing yeah. as his he father in the cancer, cancer world. Yeah. And sickness, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's killing him. Yeah. Everything's mutating. I love that. Fuck you. Now this is this is definitely in the story. Oh, there's the radiation burns on his arm. Yeah, that's what most adaptions deal with is the plants and stuff. The plants are getting yeah. bigger and all that, you know. Yeah, he actually, and in the book they describe how he ordered more barrels because he was coming up with bigger, larger yields of fruits, which, you know, if you're watching the 50s uh, sci-fi films, radiation makes everything grow ten times bigger. Oh, and there's our little uh, friend, the little <laughs> mantis. <laughs> The tendril mantis. Now, in the book, they described because here he's loving the uh, the tomatoes are huge, everything's so big and beautiful. They're all super ripe already. Everything's beautiful on the outside, but yeah. So they described it in the book as being like almost bitter and sour. Like they look very sweet and fruitful. But whatever is in the well is draining the life out of them. You know, irradiate them is making them sour. Well, they're still not ripe enough to... There he goes. <laughs> Every piece that he's tasting is sour. Tainted. <laughs> I like how he just goes right in and out of character Like he's angry, throwing fruit Oh, there's the color in the um, ice cubes Do you see that? Yeah uh, It's infected and it's it's tainted everything So it's showing how it's in everything and feeding off everything Oh, that was the other missing um, scene. Tommy Chong talked about how he worked at um, the uh, former power plant, which was a nuclear power plant. And he started, um, he's actually cancerous from the nuclear power. He's dying. They cut that out of the film. But yeah, he's got radiation. um, He's got cancer from the radiation. And he blames that mayor because she was involved with um, making sure none of them got their uh, pay and stuff. So that's a whole subplot that they cut out of this. Uh, I like the little mutants. That's a callback to a creature in the Lovecraft um, story and this one.
How can anyone who cannot like this movie? <laughs> like I'm having a hard time concentrate on the on the podcast. No, we're <laughs> because I just want to sit great. and watch there, it. There is another <laughs> forced, very bizarre Lovecraft angle, and bus. It's making it look more compressed. Well, yeah, it's very claustrophobic. Claustrophobic. It's like, yeah. So here's the only one that's smart is the witch. Packing her shit. <laughs> trying to escape. Which we all but know how that happens. Yeah, that, yeah. You know what? Let's why? try some magic. Because she's read the Necronomicon. And always, yeah. when you read the Necronomicon, you're that shit fucked. There's no yeah, way around. Everything goes bad. Yeah. It's a <laughs> cursed book. Now, I always try to see what what are they showing us on the TV. Like, there's definitely images there, but you can't make them out really good. That's like little icebergs. Yeah. I'm thinking it's the globulars, the, the creatures in the bottom of the well. Yeah, it, it is. it looks like distinct forms. So it's them reflecting in the TV. All right. And there's the space. You notice it's outer space is that color, too? Yeah. Because that's where it comes from, is from the stars. Whatever it is, it's infected the whole universe so far. Yeah. So here you go. You can't have a Lovecraft story without magic. Even though in the um, original story, there's very little. There's really no speak of it. It's mostly done as legends, you know, the new legends of this farm, the gardener farm. A little self-mutilation here is always good. <laughs> Watch that thing yeah. first. God damn it. Yeah, she's using a razor too, which is the worst thing to use if you're going to cut yourself. Like for, you know, her purpose is to carve the uh, symbols in her. She could have did it in a less painful way. I don't know. I'd rather use a razor than a plastic knife. No, no. Use um like a safety pin and just like scratch it into you. I think you got too much experience in this. <laughs> well, when I was a teen, my friends used to carve metal band logos into them. I was like, fuck that, I'll oh, just scratch up. Shit. Yeah, Slayer and shit into their arms, you know? <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> That's where I got the my... band that you used to carve in your name with uh, fucking razor blades? It's coming out with pop figures later this year. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> they're they're now pop icons, <laughs> pop figures. Does that mean you're mainstream now? Or shall not use the M word. <laughs> Everything is mainstream. In the age of uh oh, here we go. In the age of the internet, everything can be mainstream now. This is when things get fucked up. Yeah. 
now. Hold on, they're approaching. They're approaching. Show them, show them, show them. So this, if you watch the making of what they did with the alpacas here, oh, I love that. Was a direct influence. It's 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 yeah, it's mostly practical. They did a little CG on the eyes, I think. Just, yeah, just for the eyes. But how else are you going to get that used, color? Yeah, they used um a classic technique of wire puppets. Oh, this part. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, this is when the movie gets really horrifying. I mean, not that it hasn't been horrifying, but just what happened to the mother and son is way beyond disturbing. And the way the dad but reacts the alpaca, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his, Nicolas Cage's reactions is what sells it. You know, it, it, his reactions, I mean, how else would you react seeing something like what they're seeing? I and the sounds, listen. two hours down the road. Yeah, I wouldn't have been that's there this Mex- long. I would already have left. <laughs> yeah, that's a Mexican thing. Oh, my God, yeah. there's a monster <laughs> outside. Where? Out front or out yeah. back? Out front. Boom! There be me running out the back door. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true. Did you ever see uh, Octoman? That was made in Mexico. <laughs> the octopus monster. Nineteen? What was that? Seventy-one? I think it was. Yeah. Oh, here's Lavidia, all carved up. So this is kind of, yeah, this is kind of totally science fiction because she's thinking she could fix things with magic and it didn't do shit. It actually, things just got worse. That is one of the most horrifying images I've ever seen. The mother and son melded together. And that is just completely Lovecraftian. Uh, they'd be a Canadian guy be like, excuse me, motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh. Maybe David Cronenberg going, give me some credit, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even he's influenced that's something by something out of the crap. brood. Come on. And not because I watched it a week ago, but that's something out of the brood. Yeah. Oh, In case you're wondering, that's not over the top. If you ever had a chance where the car wouldn't start on a cold morning. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. I mean, you, you don't hear that word. You don't hear that word often in um, films anymore. Cocksucker, you cocksucker. <laughs> that's a, that's an underused curse word. Yeah. Oh, here he is taking in how everything's mutated. Which you I believe in the in the. Yeah. You cocksucker. Yeah, see the trees are moving. They're they're moving like tendrils now. In the book, everything would have been starting to die already and graying. And look at his arm. Yeah, he's completely burning up. He's completely dying. Yeah, that's that smell. He's burning up from the inside. Yeah. The noises this creature makes. I forgot what they named it, the effects artist. They gave it a funny name. What was the name of the mother and son? 
because they just I took forget. the two names of those. Watched. Yeah, they took the name of the mother and the son. They melded together like they're melded. Squelching. That's the most horrifying part is the noises they make. And they're mutating even more. Well, not mutating. That's how it happens with uh, yeah. radiation poisoning. Yeah, but I mean, they're mute. They're melding even more. They're, they are mutating. If you look yeah. at the cheek, like it's um puffing, and I mean, that's great. The way he just looks down at her, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> just his subtle acting alone is perfect in this. When he looks the down at, not at his wife. Yeah, he looks on his wife and son melded together and just kind of like, yeah, okay, that's normal, you know. <laughs> Isn't it funny that he didn't intend to, but in a way, Lovecraft wrote about electromagnetic pulses or EMPs before EMPs were a freaking thing? Yeah. Oh, that that I can't stand more than looking at is the sounds they make. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, and the here they're doing it to protect her from the sunlight. In the original story, um, they locked her in the attic uh, because. She was, you know, making so much noise and shit from what I'm remembering. You hear that over and there to protect next her. time? You start begging for food, we're going to lock your ass in the attic. Yeah. Uh, the son and her crying together like that. Isn't that a Lovecraftian symbol in her forehead? Yeah. Yeah, she carved it in her forehead with a blade. I wish I knew which one that was, though. I think it's an open gate. Well, if it's on her forehead, it's definitely got some kind of symbolism for uh, consciousness. third eye type shit. Here you go. That right there, when he stares down at her and she's all mutating, everything's under control. <laughs> and he just like looks at her like, 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> There's that triangle again. Yeah. <laughs> they even used that triangle in the void. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big, yeah, that was a big um, thing in the void. That's how he opened the door to the other dimensions. Yeah. Also, I believe in, uh, of all all strange things, is Doctor Strange. There was a lot of triangles in that, too. Yeah. Which, if we have any mystic friends out there, let us know what that is. <laughs> Break it down for us. Well, it's the open gate like the pyramids, you know. Yeah. Gate of power. Yeah, here it is. When you see it in its full glory. You notice that frog eyes? Yeah. So that was directly influenced from John Carpenter's The Thing. They said it right in the uh, documentary that they looked to The Thing. For how to make a creature. And that's actually not um, CG. That's actually practical. They used wire. They made a a small mannequin. Latex mannequin. Well, um, silicone mannequin. And used wires to move them around. And then just CG'd out the wiring. So that's a practical effect. Which I I swore would have been um, CG. And when I first saw it, I thought it was CG. And then when I watched the making of it, I was like, oh, shit, that's a practical effect. Pulled that's off perfectly. Of Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's drinking an animal now. We're not anti-CG. It's just hard to do it right. Yeah. It's like any tool. If you don't know how to do it, it's going to look like shit. Yeah. Well, the brain, there's there's something, the, the brain knows when something's CG and when something's practical. Like, your brain could tell right away yeah. that that's not a solid figure in front of you. That's, that's a, you know, like a cartoonish image. Even if it's rendered perfectly, you think it's, you can see what it is. Oh, boy. But yeah, that triangle there is from the Magic Cycle by uh, Richard Kern, and that's supposed to, re- like I said, represent the opening of the mind's eye. Oh, you looked it up? Cool. Well, I know my yeah, Richard Kern. I know my weird shit from the yeah. 60s. <laughs> I just <laughs> okay. never watched drugs. I just never took drugs watching the shit you're supposed to take drugs on. Yeah. Well, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on cold medicine right now, which is why I'm a little sluggish and slow, but. <laughs> well, you're probably getting a better experience out of this. Yeah. Just I'm not watching using the word man enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely need to get some weed to wa- and rewatch this again, stoned out of my mind. Hey, don't be Shrooms all day again. Why is she grabbing him for shooting the alpacas? Yeah, I mean... Well, because he's going to handle the mom the same way he's going to handle the alpacas. Well, I'm sorry, but... Yeah. I love you. I love you, too. Just so calmly, right before he's going to try to shoot his wife.
if I would have shot this thing with alpacas, I would have done it real, being someone with glasses. Yeah. Oh, the blood's going to get all over that motherfucker. Since <laughs> 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 so I remember in the original story, I think she just rotted away up in... Oh. He kissed her, and there's all that muck, the colored muck coming from her lips. I think. You think what? It's the blood. That's what it was. It's the blood on him. Yeah. If you're not watching this at home and you're trying to figure out what we're describing, you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, this is one you just don't just listen to because we're describing weird shit that's going to make us sound insane. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the mutation, it's her arm, but it's also her son's arm coming out of her arm. Yeah. It's, ugh. Like, like, and that's the thing we have to thank Lovecraft for because before Lovecraft, we didn't have mutant creatures like this. We really didn't. Before Lovecraft, it was just like basic dragon monsters or ghosts. So this scene here is heavily re-edited. The original version is the voicing you're hearing where she's cursing and shit. That doesn't happen until after he walks into the room. Here they cut it to where they make it. She's basically telling him, we're doing the reservoir. We don't care if it's contaminated, which they cut out of this. This is part of a bigger subplot, which, in a way, I agree with him cutting it out. Yeah. Here we go. See, they kind of did um all the mutants at once <laughs> that were in the um book or the story they're showing right now. Yep, radiation. Which they did which isn't in the store the original story, but they're saying it here. It's the only way to describe how the well, bones are. Well it was happening. in the original story, but it didn't exist back then. Yeah. Well yeah, no, the, the, the burns are in the story, but the um calling it radiation burns didn't exist back then. They didn't yeah. know what to call it. Where he got it from is there was this meteor that crashed in Russia in 1912. And destroyed everything. Yeah, I remember that story, yeah. Yeah. It, like, and wiped there out were people with forest. burns like that. Yeah. Radiation burns. Where the fuck did that come cool. from? What? What she said? What he said to her? Oh, shit. Oh, I missed it because I was, I was listening to you. That purple. The purple in the horse's yeah. eyes. So this, they took, this I'm glad they left from the story where the horse gets spooked by what's in the well and takes off. Because that's, that's actually in the story. The horse is like, yeah. fuck you! Yeah. 
That's the difference between dogs and, and cats. Dogs would stay there with you. Cats would be already gone. Yeah, cats would have tried to have left, which this cat tried to leave, but it got mutated beforehand. Yeah. No cupid. No, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so this is kind of referring to the original story: is how one of the sons ends up in the well. In the original story, the sons were dragged into the well to be to be fed on by the um, globulars, the creatures in the well. This one, they just get him because he's climbing down looking for the dog, which they pull down to the well to feed on. I don't remember. Do you actually see the dog? Because I know in the um, making of you see the dead. You see just a little. Yeah. That's weed logic. Yeah, <laughs> weed logic. There's this big fucking rope right there, but instead of using it to be lowered by... Yeah, let's climb down the side. Oh, there's your dust devil goggles again. Yeah. My little ahead of you, or... <laughs> looking all over for you. <laughs> this is scary the way he just calms down, gets all logical. Uh, the other thing bad. I found out was her. He said, "You curse like a fucking sailor." <laughs> yeah, I'm not my dad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Now go feed your mother. Oh, it's horrible. He's feeding his daughter to the mom. Nah, that's chilling the way she's just like laid on the bed like an animal waiting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Being too quiet here because I'm so focused on this goddamn movie that's so good. Now the ice cubes are just almost glowing. You know, like I said, and what's really bring up? We were honestly the Lovecraft generation. The stories did come out in the twenties, but they were pretty much fucking forgotten until 
the Arkham House reprints in the 80s. H.P. Uh, Gordon's yeah. uh, reanimator came out. Which is how after I discovered that, all Lovecraft. Yeah, after that, there really was a Lovecraft boom. Yeah, no, nah, Lovecraft was pretty much forgotten. And then, you know, boom, he got rediscovered in the 80s. Big time, and, it, and it's like now it's like everywhere. It's almost you, like, oh, Marlon you like Lovecraft kills everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's <sick>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, You know why that's there. Island Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> a little. Well, you got to remember, Brando was on Stanley's side, and that's why he fucked around to the movie after they fired Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, like, see, I haven't seen the documentary Stanley? since. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, and then isn't that when he like tried to like fuck the movie over and be like, "Go fuck yourselves"? I'm gonna give you my yeah, worst performance. Yeah, when he had the bucket on his head and all that. Yeah. Refused to learn his lines. Yeah. Oh, the mom monster. <laughs> mumster. Yeah, the mumster. <laughs> That's the other thing I kind of missed from. I mean, they they definitely hit on this in this movie. Like I said, this is a great movie, and I love it to death. But the one thing I was hoping for in the movie was in the original story, they were showing all the farm animals mutating and diseased up and dying and rotting, and they kind of left that out. Yeah, of but that was a two-hour movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. It's like if you actually did the Color Out of Space, it would have been a miniseries. It would have been like yeah. the fucking stand or something like that. If you haven't seen Annihilation or The Void and you love this movie, you fucking need to see those two. Yeah, definitely. Definitely The Void. Because that one's just like full of creatures. Annihilation's beautifully shot like this one is. The Void is basically the garage band version of Lovecraft. Annihilation's the uh, big money, beautifully shot art house film version of Lovecraft. Actually, it had about the same budget as this. Which one, Annihilation? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it was a big budget film. Yeah, but I mean, The Void is like the garage band version of a Lovecraft film. They're right there. The family, yeah. yeah. That's directly from the book. Like, his family's not there, but he thinks they're there. Because his mind is gone. And Annihilation is great. Yeah. It's just another one of those where they didn't have time to do the color, the whole story right, so they did part of it. Yeah. It still exactly. works. Now, if you oh, want yeah, to see the mutated monsters, see Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, mom drool on the face. That would be a hell of a t-shirt. Mom drool on the face? <laughs> no, Benny lives in the well now. Yeah. Is she actually eating her right there? What was that? Ugh. Oh, 
God, look at the blood on her face. Yeah. Oh, this part's rough. Did you notice that? Yeah. It was purple. It was the color, not blood. Yeah. He shot his son. Oh, are you are you there where he shoots his son? <laughs> yeah, I just 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 thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, the purple blood. Yeah, yeah. Everything's contaminated. You know, everything's being. It's being. Uh, how do how do I describe this? Because we're we're getting ready to. So what's in the well? The 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 creatures in the well. The it, it's a weird kind of feeding they do. They turn they're turning everything into what's on their. I guess. Uh, at at um, cosmic um, level, yeah, there. That's in the um, book. It's the light coming out of the well. That's the energy of yeah. it. The color. Yeah. Now that that was a shame that he shot him like that when he wasn't he was aiming at the well. So what the what yeah. the, what the creatures in the well are doing is. They're turning everything into a substance that they can feed on. That's why everybody's mutating and changing, because they have to make it palatable so they can eat it, which is why everybody's basically turning into creatures. Those globules like those dirty, fucking nasty, tree-hippie vegans. Yeah, basically. They're they're mutating (laughs) everything so they can dissolve it and absorb it. Which is why in the book everything turns gray because it's sucking everything out of it. But before it can do that, it has to turn you into what it knows it can eat. So that's why everything's turning funky colors and mutating and changing. So a lot of people miss that in the movie. And it's not really that well explained in the book either, in the story. I would have been like, fuck, uh, Ezra, I would have left. <laughs> I would have not gone into the woods You know what that us. boom was, really, don't you? Uh, no. Excuse me, motherfucker? That's what it was. There's nothing stopping us. Excuse me, motherfucker? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is when, when um, because it's turning everything alien, so it could feed on it. And everything's kind of coming alive because of it. It's in everything. They're not actually even coming alive. They're, it's just in everything, absorbing it. Which is, I mean, if you really think about it and meditate on it, that's really horrifying. For it to feed yeah. on you, it's got to change you into it and then mutate you. And then it slowly absorbs you, which is a viral. what we're coming up to. Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah, you're taking to, over. Uh, how it's much of a like... germaphobe and a virophobe uh, <laughs> Lovecraft's mother made him. And that comes into the whole yeah. family aspect, too. Well, that plays in the John Carpenter's The Thing, except it worked really fast. Once it got into you, boom, you were almost instantly turned into it. This shit does it over... 
a span of this in a is book Tommy over Cohen's a year. Greatest moment in the film. He's yeah. not even in there. Yeah. Oh, there he is. The voice. Here it is. Changing everything. Yeah. Yeah, see, okay, they did touch on it. I, uh, now I remember. Yeah. It's, it, it's turning everything into what it knows so it can feed on you. And that's that's a common theme in Lovecraft stories. It, we know it's coming, but we can't get away. Yeah. yeah. You almost become like addicted to the drug that's killing you. You know, it's what it is. It makes you stay so it can feed on you. And here he is finally finally collapsing. Like, it's just absorbing him. Yeah, I love that. And here you go. It's in the trees. So I managed to grab him. That's the only thing I really got to complain about the movie. I would have used that line for the poster tagline. God damn it. Yeah. It's just the color. Yeah. But it burns. See, I don't remember anything like that in the love crowd. Look at that. Off to the um, yeah, left. it's in That's there, but direct. it's vaguely described. The, yeah. the trees coming alive. Yeah. And that's a not love another Lovecraftian story. Well, semi. Yeah. The only reason I know about it so well is it took place in Tennessee, about forty-five miles up the road. What was that? You know, you heard about those two, four kids that go up in the cabin and find a Necronomicon and the shit hits the fan? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, another Lovecraftian uh, influence film. Yeah. So here you go, yeah, the it's world. How everything's just feeding and worm-like and that's where it comes from, this the globulars. This is the closest we've seen to the Elder God's world. In a movie yeah. that I've seen. That and The Void shows it. Yeah, but not like that. No, no, definitely not even close, but I mean... And you know still, who's they sitting were on, like, our, on the throne, don't you? Uh, Azeroth. <laughs> Cthulhu! It didn't look like Cthulhu, but okay. We didn't get it a close-up of it, but... I, this this part always broke my heart is when she's finally absorbed. Because I liked her character a lot. I felt bad for her. She's one of the, like like the mother and son was horrifying, but I feel bad for yeah. her, you know? But you can see she how really, she's a failure. She wants to be an earth mother, the witch, and the protector. Yeah. But she likes processed foods and doesn't like being yeah. with the earth and in the forest. Okay, hold on. I'm trying to pay attention to something. Yeah, so there, there's the light in the trees. So now what a lot of people don't understand is what's going on with this well, what's actually happening. So if you if you pay attention to the book, if you read the book, 
what's actually going on is they're going home. Yeah. They've been absorbing everything. They're they're absorbing and eating everything because they needed the strength to get off the planet. So basically, we were just food. And here's where everything's going nuts. <laughs> this isn't in the story, but I really like it what they did here with the family. There's Nick, yeah. Well, if you want to look at it in a science fiction way, the color is there to do a reconnaissance mission. Yeah. It's bringing the it's it's basically it's digestive system. It's going out and eating for the globulars or the creatures. Yeah, to go back home. Hey man, how was it was on Earth? Oh shit, man, it can be easily transformed and all that. We need to go back there. Yeah. I love the fact. Yeah. So the whole. No, sorry. You love what? Cage's character now has Lavinia's voice. Yeah. And we get to the part where we don't get to see. You know, we don't know what really happens to the family up there. Yeah. Well, they're absorbed. They're they're eaten. Yeah, but it doesn't I mean, show that or say that. It just. Yeah. Well, like Lovecraft, it leaves it very vague. And there it is. That's in the story, how everything just erupted. Because they're going you home. Have they're leaving. Do not watch the end of this movie. Thank you. <laughs> We're about to go into a little overtime, folks. And now everything turns white. That's the gray, yeah. The theater. What does this look like? Yeah, and it's described vividly in the in the um, book how it's this massive piece of land, because when it took off, it basically like a nuclear explosion turned everything to ash, and it's called the gray land, and it's just dead. It's just dead area. Meteor landed too. In Russia, yeah. And this is wider than white. Yeah, no, they 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 definitely did something to the filtration of the camera. Oh, there's your uh, compass again. Mm-hmm. In short, he becomes the Walking Man, the Dust Devil. Yeah. The one who's there to bear witness. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's left of the well. Now, see, this story goes a little beyond than what's in the 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 movie goes a little beyond than what's in the um book. It actually shows the reservoir. The book it's before the reservoir because he's looking at the land. You know, it's it's all well, told from have like to a, show the reservoir a, to be able to slip in the last passage that's actually from Lovecraft's story. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. 
I love when it pulls out and it just shows the Ashland, like the dead spot of the woods. Yeah. So, yeah, never drink it. Yeah, that that's the direct line from the um book, which I really like. Like he he narrates the beginning and he narrates the end. In the book, he's the narrator through the whole thing, but I like how Stanley, instead of just having him narrate the whole movie, he's just a proactive actor in it, a character in it. Yeah. The Strange Days, that's from the book, the story. Because if what is it the the that Lovecraft said is like, thank God we're so ignorant because if we actually comprehend what's out there, it would drive us mad. Yeah. <laughs> Throws his fucking cigarette. If you really want to think about it. This, in a way, is a prequel to Dust Devil. This is how the Dust Devil itself gets trapped on Earth. Yeah. So there's a the creature. This. Yeah. And the film melts. Yeah. Richard Stanley and film. There's the most beautiful brilliant. thing I've ever seen this decade. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Richard Stanley, for coming Stanley. out of retirement or being dragged out of retirement to do this. Well, being kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which they literally yeah. did. They went to his home and pulled him out and said, no, you're making this movie. <laughs> He's like, but, but, but no, yeah. you're making this fucking movie. <laughs> So yeah, How do in you the like story. That, that... Go ahead. The what? Go ahead. You finish. No, no. I was gonna say in the original story, it leaves it a little bit more menacing because it talks about how when when the when the narrator is watching them leave the earth and with that big you know from a in the story he's not in the house he's on a hilltop with a couple other guys watching them leave as they're watching the sky he's watching the ground he sees the creatures leave but one stayed behind at the bottom of the well because it had attached itself to the roots of the trees and became part of the roots so that's why that line i will never drink the water is so important in the book is because he knows one of those creatures is at the bottom of the reservoir and it's and the gray is gaining two inches every year, taking over the woods. And so it, there's still one of them on the planet. Yeah, and they sort of say that because they have that monster come in. Yeah, the 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 uh, 
whatever that creature is, the um, praying mantis with the million eyes and the, uh, <laughs> the the little tendril tongues coming out of it, which is beautiful to look at. Yeah. And bless you, so Elijah Wood, from going to one of the most successful film trilogies ever, Lord of the Rings, and saying to yourself, I want to make fucked up movies now. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually shocked myself when I saw when I saw his name attached to this and the other films. I mean, I'm like, really? This what he's, he's doing now? Holy much, shit! And uh, uh, a qual- still good quality. It's like, yeah. Holy shit! I would produce yeah. this. I'm gonna watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, it's him in an, uh, in a uh, maniac, right? He's in the remake of Maniac. Yeah. Because I haven't watched it. Everyone keeps telling me to watch that. I'm going to go by your recommendation. Update. Is it worth watching? Yeah, it is. Okay. If you say Maniac is worth watching, then I have to. The Maniac remake the is worth watching, then I have to watch it. Spinell's Maniac yeah. is Maniac in the 1980s. Yeah. Elijah Wood's Maniac is Maniac in the 2000s, which is really okay. what... Uh, Lustig and Spinell's idea was to show each generation's style of serial killer. Gotcha. Okay. So I definitely got to check it out then. Because I've been avoiding it because I I generally don't like remakes of my 70s films. (laughs) You know, I love Maniac. That one's very close to my heart. And when I saw a remake, it was like Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, I don't touch it. Don't, no, no. And I mean, the Dawn well, of the Dead remake isn't the... horrible. I'm sorry. They fucked them with the title. Yeah. If they would have called it anything but Dawn of the Dead, it would have been well loved across the board. Period. Yeah. I mean, I'm still but... more for the slow-moving zombies. I don't like um, running zombies, except for Return of the Living Dead, which is the only one. It's just the only way I can get away with it. And, you know, um, <laughs> one of my favorite city of the Walking Dead. Or <laughs> the best way to describe the, re- the remake of Maniac is uh, the original is uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Those, those type. You know, John Wayne Gacy, Henry Lee Lucas. Okay. What's the 2001 one? What's he more closer to? Bundy. All right. So they made him more like a Bundy type serial killer. Yeah. All right. I'll check it out then. (laughs) Oh, so he uses his looks to get his women? Yeah. Yeah, because in the original. Serial killer is really mutated. Yeah, because in the original Maniac, I mean, when he woos that photographer, it's like, dude, you're butt ugly. There is no way a woman that attractive is going to fucking go for you. Well, if you remember, you got the original DVD of it in the 10. Yeah, I do, yeah. They cut out that whole scene of him on the date with her. Oh, really? So, I, what, do I have to get a new upgraded version of it? Well, it's, yeah, the newer versions have it back in there because 
Lustig and Spinell thought that thing was stupid, and they regretted it. Which okay. I'm not going to fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have the tin version from uh, way back, and it says uncut. So, but Me too. Uh, I don't need the new one though, do I? <laughs> mm, no. All right, I'm good with my ten one then. Okay. <laughs> okay, and everybody, thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow night when we're bringing uh, Countess Irena and Drac to for a two-hour conversation on what it's like to uh, be horror host, uh, being fans of the old movies and all that. And Monday we'll be bringing a different guest. And we're going to be talking Pinoy Horror, a.k.a. Filipino Horror. Nice. And Thursday, (laughs) we're going to be doing a live watch of Nicholas Rogue and Donald Clamell's performance. So thank you again for being on, Fred. And remember, people, it's just the color. Just a color. <laughs> color out of space. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>